The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Good morning, Notebook Wagering, NFL edition. I am Smitty, and across from me is J-Cam, and we are ready to get after week 14 in the NFL. J-Cam, what's going on, bud? It's uh, yeah, a little coming to you a little later this morning. Not our usual breakfast tea time, but we're at more of a brunch today. So, you know, we've got, we've got... We got some eggs. We got a little, uh, maybe a little ham steak and uh, a slice of cantaloupe. You always have to have that at brunch. So, yeah, no, I'm feeling good. I got, I sweated out Minnesota in a game. I went to bed when it was 29 to nothing. Thought I was in great shape playing three and a half and found out that I, I could have lost that outright, which is shocking. But uh, a good start to the week. Maybe that's, I'll have that kind of fortune carry through for the rest of the games. Yeah, I was right there with you. You know, I had four plays in that game. I had Steelers, I think it was, what, plus three and a half. And then yeah. I had the under in a teaser with uh, the Steelers up to nine and a half. And, you know, the under, you know, it was, it didn't look good. My teaser looked back when they were up 29 nothing. You're like, well, the Steelers don't have a shot in this. And then um, my two player props was Claypool over 50 yards or 51 receiving. And then I had, um, longest pass for Ben was like 30 something yards. So I look like I was looking like I was over four. And then yeah. next thing you know, Steelers kind of got turned it on. I hit the Ben prop. I hit the Claypool. We'll get on him in a second. And, and then it came to one last play. And if he would have caught that, I would have at least won that. It, and it was looking like an own four night and it could have been very easily a three and one night, but I finished two and two. You just don't see that in the NFL too often. College football, sometimes you have that variance where, uh, you know, teams will get three and outs and there's so many more possessions in college football. You can come back. I mean, it's, but still 20, I think it was 29 to nothing with three minutes and change left in the third quarter and to wake up and find out what happened. It was like, what? Missed the whole game. So uh, kind of a snoozer for the first three, kind of embarrassing as a Steeler fan, but we won't get into that. We'll keep it well, on track. You know, I said some, a couple people, I said, what was worse in that game? How bad the coaching was by the Steelers and the play by the Steelers or by the end of the game, the coaching of Minnesota and the play of Minnesota. Cause it was, it was, why were they passing the ball when Pittsburgh could not stop cook at all? Just keep running. You should have had the new England playbook against Buffalo and they would have been fine. And, you know, Zimmer to watch his reaction on the sideline. It was like, Oh dear Lord, we're going to lose this. That's that was the look on his face. It is funny. I think offensive coordinators just have a pride thing where they just, I think it takes actually a certain extra level of pride to be able just to call off tackle runs 30 times in a row, because you want to show how much of a genius you are, right? Maybe you get a little too creative. There's absolutely no way in Minnesota Madison should have had 40 carries in the second half, the way that game went. Like, you know, Cook should have been sitting on the bench so he could heal up the shoulder. They should have been running. Anyone who wanted to get a carry could have went in and got one. Right. Cause they had 29 point lead. Um, and plus every time you run the football in the NFL, it's like, you know, 40 seconds off the clock. You, you can literally, if you, if they had kneeled it 
from that point on, the Steelers would have had no chance. There would have been enough possessions to get back in the game. But, yeah, it, like I said, you have to give the Patriots credit, actually, for calling such a boring game plan because it actually takes a lot of restraint and a lot of confidence in your ability as a coordinator to do that over and over again. Something that no one will ever give them credit for it, but it, it takes a lot of guts just to never throw the ball. Yeah, you know, I mean, and then we're done with this this game, but they have a lot of problems in Pittsburgh. And oh, we've, yeah. been, we've been saying it for a long time. Claypool, again, really his IQ there at the end of the game was kind of embarrassing. And then, again, uh, to kind of come and get to talk to reporters and him again trying to say he was trying to give the ball to the ref and then the, his own player knocked the ball. No, the player – your own player was trying to – save the game because you're an idiot and you didn't know what was going on. And it's like, I think Dr. Brent said in a text, it was like, it was, he thought the clock stops. Like he oh, just yeah. had no idea what he was doing. And he caused major that first drive with a dumb penalty. There's some issues there on that team. And they, until, and like we said, until they start drafting in the trenches and get better on the O line and the D line, it's not going to be good in Pittsburgh. So that's, that's my rant on uh, the Steelers today, but let's get, let's dive into it. Let me tell you people weird week with these over unders. We were just saying off air and J cam's going to dive into where the money is and stuff. A lot of these games opened up, man, and they have dropped just nose diving down slow which is going to play my 45 or under so i might have a lot of action tomorrow now i went i'm going to say not a good week last week i said it on the tuesday night show slow on that last week tough games with the 45 and under but we're going to dive into it let's get after the first one here we got the las vegas raiders six and six they are traveling to kansas city which is eight and four raiders again five and seven ats Kansas City's five and seven ATS winds are about 15 miles per hour in this. So a little bit, a little bit of wind. What do you have here, J cam? What's going to happen in this? You think that's interesting. Cause I'm looking at this and my sheet basically tells me that this is a four and a half point game and I'm looking at the spread and it's nine and a half. And um, the tickets are basically split per action network, but the money per action network is 74% favor of the chiefs. Um, I can see a lot of people probably looking to Las Vegas here because that's a big line. It's interdivision, second time they played this year. All those kinds of things have trends that usually support this. Um, plus, Kansas City just didn't look all great against Denver. Um, you know, I, I won on that game. I had the Chiefs, but probably was on the wrong side, really, when you look at the stat sheet. Denver probably outplayed them for most of the game, kind of just had some unfortunate turnovers and just really uh, couldn't convert drives into points at the end of it, which is something that's plagued the Broncos all year. Um, I, you know, it just I'm gonna follow the money. I think on this one, I think I'm gonna actually lay the nine and a half with the Chiefs. Um, looking at some stuff here, the Las Vegas has the worst red zone defense uh, in the NFL. Chiefs are actually middle of the pack in red zone, which is kind of surprising, but I think that's probably improved a little bit here late in the season. Um, you know, I just did think with uh, NASA about the front four is not really getting pressure for Las Vegas like it did at the beginning of the year. Um, they can't sit there and rush four and drop seven. They're just not going to get home, and there's going to be all day for the Chiefs. I'm actually going to lay the nine and a half here. The wind makes me a little concerned because that could uh, derail their uh, passing game a little bit, but I'll lay the nine and a half. And, you know, this is one of those games, too. I, I see it opened, I think, closer to 53, and now it's down to 48. And uh, seeing a lot of overplays on that lower number, it's going to be kind of interesting with that. Usually division games, second time, kind of go under. Um, the Chiefs are a notorious under team, even though it's usually under a high line. But uh, what do you have here, Smitty? Well, you know, I think we 
I think we broke this game down great last week with the Denver game in Kansas City. We kind of said like an under maybe like slower. You know, Kansas City, you think of Kansas City and you're like, wow, they can score so fast. But really, in a way, they're kind of slow. Yeah. And some of their offensive sets and stuff, everything. The under six and one last seven in Kansas City games. Now they've won five in a row. They've really turned this around. You give them credit here. But they are in their last 13. I have them at 310 uh, ATS at home. Now they played already one time. Kansas City won 41-14 in, um, out in Las Vegas. The under has been five and one in the series in Kansas City. I think, I'll tell you, with a little bit of wind, teaser, you know I'm the teaser king. I play a lot of teasers. I would I would take the Raiders up in this if you want to take a team. And I'm going to take the points up, I think, and play the under. I think this is a little slower than uh, some people think. And like you said, I'm looking on scores and odds right now. Opened at 52 and a half, down to 48. And that's going to be the theme of the entire show because you're going to hear how these – Points have really gone down. I think this is a tighter game. I really do. Yeah, it makes sense. And to tease that up to where you're getting 15 and a half, you know, that's, I mean, how many NFL games are settled by a margin that large? So uh, the Raiders aren't great, but they're also not bad. I mean, they should be able to cover a double digit line like that in a teaser. So, yeah. And, like and, it seems, and it seems, Jason, that the Raiders always play them pretty tough. Now, I know the last. You're going to say, well, Smitty, you just said 41-14. But in previous years, this has been a kind of a tight, tight series and things. And the Raiders have played well against them. Yeah, I, I just think this this is a safe play here. I would take the Raiders up. And again, I, I don't think it's going to be electric with the – it's a little slower. Kansas City's a little slower sometimes on their drives and everything. So I, I like the under in this. Makes All right, let's get, to, let's get to the next game here. Um Man, I don't know. This this is a team that they got some quarterback issues here. And the Saints, five and seven, heading into to play the Jets, which are three and nine. You know, the Saints are just a team that a lot of injuries have happened to this team. They've had some guys out. The quarterback play has not been good. Um, Simeon, or is it Simeon or whatever his name is? He's been not great. And then, you know, you bring Hill in and Hill is not the answer at quarterback. I mean, a gadget guy. Yes, not bad. Talented, can catch, can run. But man, to be the main guy at quarterback there, he is not the greatest. What do you have in this one? I'll tell you what, this is interesting because uh, last week we talked about this. We saw that the money and the bets were usually pretty aligned. And one thing this week, they are not, uh, you know, seen a little bit chiefs like i said 74 percent of the money coming in right now even though the bets are split this one that you know the jets actually have the greater share of the money bet even though they've got about one third of the tickets which is interesting uh you know the one thing that happened with the saints you, you see we i agree with hill hill has played terrible but he has been injured obviously if there's an issue with the finger because if you watch passes he was throwing last week you know he couldn't get anything home um everything that he threw looked like it was like basically to the guy's feet um, which, you know, kills yak, kills everything. Just, um, it's really hard to catch up all your toes. It's much easier. It's higher, even though it might get you killed. Um, so the one thing you saw though, with the saints this week, Kamara is going to back off injured list. That's big for them. He might, to me, he's the most valuable player in the NFL. Uh, not the best, but no, no offense relies on their guy more than him. Like he carries, he basically is the engine for the saints offense and he kind of makes everything kind of work. Uh, 
the Jets give up a ton of yards. Um, they've been dangerous as a home dog this year. They've gotten a couple teams, obviously. They got the Bengals, and uh, I believe they got the Titans as well. Um, but this is a good defense against a really bad offense. I'll lay the five and a half. I'll go against the money in this one because I think getting Kamara back, getting Teron Armstead back at tackles, getting that running game going um, for the Saints. And I think they can cover five and a half because the line has come up. So somebody's moving it and uh, kind of look for under here. Good Saints defense, probably, you know, it's conditions in the Northeast are actually pretty nice right now, but um, could always, always windy at the, uh, the Meadowlands. So what do you think, Smitty? Well, you know, the, I- I'm I'm looking really at the under here. It's at it's at 43, so it's under my 45. I'll tease this up, take it to 49. Both teams are one in four ATS last five with the unders. Um, so, no, oh, excuse me, one in four ATS last five, just overall, not the under. Sorry, read my notes wrong there. The dogs have been the play in the series. The thing about taking the Jets, though, scares me a little bit because, like you said, their defense can give up some plays and some yards here. But I still think 49 is not bad because, like you just mentioned, you get the Saints. They're going to try to run the ball. Well, that eats the clock. I like that a little bit. Saints defense can be okay at times. Can be at times. So we'll see um, if they can stop the Jets. I would probably, man, spread-wise, team-wise, I would probably take a chance with the Jets and get them up to double digits. Home, double digits, I like. And then I would I would tease the points up. I would take the up to 49, and I would take the under in this one. Not the most exciting game. Let's just say that. I don't think it's going to be the most exciting game. Not the best game on the board, for sure, tomorrow. Yeah, not, not a lot of playoff implications. Saints are trying to hold on, but they're really kind of holding on just in time to fall off. And obviously, the Jets have a different idea about this season at this point, so. Not good. All right, let's get to the next one. You got a struggling Jacksonville team, two and 10, heading into Tennessee, eight and four. You know, this is a big game for Tennessee. Um, you know, you got to keep got to keep winning um, seven and five ATS Tennessee. Jacksonville, again, for, we've been saying it for a really bad record. They're still under 500 in the ATS, but they are four and eight ATS here. You're looking at the line right now, minus eight and a half Tennessee and the over under, which again, opened at 46. It's dropped to 43 and a half, another low line here. What do you think is going to happen here, J-Cam? Oof, man, this is, I'll tell you what, you look at this Titans injury report and there's just guys on it every week. I, this team just cannot get healthy um, and they're missing key guys too. Um, it looks like they're getting their receivers back this week, which is big for them, um, particularly A.J. Brown. Not so much uh, Julio Jones has really been a non-factor this year. He just hasn't been healthy enough to really been in the uh, offense at all. You know, they, they're missing the, what you call it, the big guy still. But, you know, it, Brable's a good coach. This is a game they need to win. Indy's really hot. They kind of need – they're still ahead of them. Uh, they kind of need to see, keep going. Um I just can't trust the Jags. You know, this is a team I really thought would be profitable at points this season because they had such a negative perception. And when you looked at the stats, it wasn't awful like some of the other teams, but they really have just not shown up at times. So I think this is a good litmus test to see whether Urban's making any progress at all. We've kind of had a couple of these games where you measure it, but we've kind of turned the corner here. We're in the home stretch. 
the Jags can play it all, then, you know, maybe things are starting to change there. I don't think they do. I don't think they show up. I, th- I like the Titans minus the eight and a half. Um, they have stuff to play for still. They're getting a little healthier, even though it's still a pretty long injury list. And I think the Jags are ready to pack it up and uh, call it a season, maybe call it a, a regime too. Yeah, Tennessee's 5-1 and one ATS at home in this series, the last six. The under is 10-2 and two this year um, in Jacksonville games. They, but they've been outscored. I saw a stat today. They've been outscored in the last couple of weeks, 88 to 31. Yeah. You, you can start to see it, right? Like they've had spots where they could have easily, I don't know, at least covered and it went out Seattle look terrible. Like they just had a, you know, they went out LA last week, didn't do anything. There was a game where they were getting a ton of points and just really couldn't even do anything. So uh, is another game on the road again, uh, laying a ton of points. I just don't trust them. No, this is, I think this is a great spot here. I mean, you can tease down Tennessee down to two and a half. Why not? I mean, I, I think that's a very safe play. I mean, this could be one of my maybe favorite plays in a teaser this weekend is getting Tennessee down to minus two and a half. And again, the 43 and a half, I'll play it. Probably I'll take it up to 49 and try, try it. And if the system starts going down, the system has been playing really great with that. Last week, like I said, wasn't. If it's not good this week, maybe pull off of it here for uh, and see what happens. But Tennessee, for sure, I would lock Tennessee in absolutely minus two and a half. That might be the play of the day in a teaser to start that off. All right, let's get after a big game here. This is big in um, the Baltimore Ravens, eight and four, heading into Cleveland, which is six and six. Man, this is a must win for Cleveland. They played... You know, they played a couple. This is weird. This is a weird scheduling thing because they played. This is the second time they're going to play in three weeks, Jason. Yeah, this is a bad scheduling thing. This can't happen. Like, you can't have teams playing back-to-back. This isn't baseball. I mean, or even hockey. This is ridiculous that Cleveland is going to face the Ravens literally twice in three weeks with a bye in between. That's completely unfair to the Ravens, where a team doesn't basically have to change the game plan at all. And basically, test a game plan. Watch the film, see what works, see what didn't. While the Ravens are playing, you know, their probably most hated rival and the Steelers getting all banged up. And then they get to get the Browns again um, it, with the Browns kind of figuring out what worked and what didn't. Um, I've heard a lot back and forth on this game uh, this week. I do try to listen to as much stuff during the week so we can be as educated as we can for you. Um, it, people are basically split on one side or the other, right? They either think the Browns are terrible and the Ravens have kind of just been a little unlucky and kind of, you know, are just still a better team overall, or they think the Ravens is a complete disadvantage. The Browns have had a week off now that they desperately needed. Guys who have been dinged up all season have a chance to probably get a little healthier, though Mayfield's not one of them, apparently, from all accounts, that those injuries are just not going to heal uh, without surgery or extended time off. Um you look, the last time they played, Baltimore turned the ball over four times. Jackson was terrible in that game, and they still came out with a victory because the Browns could not do anything on offense. And, you know, their lack of, like, threats on the outside has to be hurting them somewhat. I mean, they have a great running game, but when you don't have your offensive line 100% intact, it's really hard to be dominant on the ground, at least especially to cover for the quality of wide receivers that are running out there right now. Um, well, I, I just expect a really ugly game, um, low scoring. Uh, and I'm looking at the game from Thursday and how like just weary the Steelers looked in the first half of that game. They had no juice at all for a Thursday night primetime game. That's a team that usually gets up for primetime games. Um, I got to think Baltimore's in the same boat that they gave a lot on the field and that, that uh, four o'clock game on Sunday. 
And this is even though they have a couple more days of rest, I don't know if they've got enough in the tank. They're missing a lot of the secondary that got hurt, you know, kind of forced their hand with the two-point conversion at the end of that game because they literally just didn't have enough bodies. I'm going to take the Browns and lay the three. A long way window to say this because I just think that your Ravens are just not going to have enough here. Uh, I think the rest is really going to help the Browns and the fact that they've been able to tweak that game plan for two weeks now. Um, so that's where I'm leaning. So I'm leaning Browns line minus three and the under, which has moved, I think, down. Is that you have as well? I had it started at like 46, down to 42 and a half now. Yeah, scores and odds, what I'm looking at right now, it opened at 45 okay. and now it is at 42 and a half. Baltimore is 11 and two ATS last 13 at Cleveland. Now the under is four and the last four in the Baltimore games here. I agree with you. What Jackson to me, when they played it, like you said, four INTs, Jackson did not play well against Pittsburgh. Hmm. Um, holding to me, he's really holding on to the ball way too long here. And like you said, Baltimore's really beat up. I mean, when you hear that they go for two and everybody was mad that they went for two. Well, the reason they went for two was because all their DBs were hurt. They had nobody. And he's like, we just can't even go into OT. Because our secondary, he goes, I don't even know who was going to be in the secondary for us to try to play against Pittsburgh in that. So the win, you know, the conditions can be a little dicey here. Cleveland's very tough to call sometimes doesn't seem brutal here, especially this kind of late in December. I'm looking, I, what I saw today was only 12 mile per hour winds, which is not crazy by any means here. I agree with Jason. I think this very low scoring game, this absolutely will be a teaser uh, under for me, get it up to about 48 and a half and take a chance there. I agree with Jason. I think this is, I think bold. I think Baltimore's in trouble. I said that watching the Steeler game last week. I just think they're really dinged up. I think they're in trouble here. I think Cleveland comes back, and I think Cleveland's not in the best shape either, but I think they can get this game. I would take, you know, if you want to play in a teaser, take the Browns down six points, but I kind of like Cleveland minus the three. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I think this is a game where they, like you said, Baltimore looks a little, little in trouble. The offense, they kind of just need another dude besides Jackson. That's really their biggest thing, right? They've just got a bunch of, uh, like, replacement-level guys on the outside. Like, you know, Hollywood Brown's an okay receiver, but, you know, he's no one's really scared of him coming into a week of how we're going to game plan against him. None of the running backs are guys who are dynamic in any way, right? And that's really – they've kind of lost their identity on offense. They're asking Jackson more of a passer. He's trying to be a passer. I'll give him credit for that. But it's just not something he's comfortable with. And uh, teams have kind of figured that out. I think teams have figured them out offensively because <clears throat> they're not as creative in the run game as they've been because they really just don't have the people to do it with. Um, defensively, they've been really good, and I don't know how because their secondary has been banged up all year. Um, I think Cleveland's going to be able to run the football this time around. I think they'll figure some stuff out. They're a little healthier on the offensive line coming into this game too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an important game because basically whoever wins this uh, is in a really good spot in the AFC North, which is, I mean, two games separate the entire division. So you got to win these. And these are huge tiebreaker games as well. And I think a great point you made was let's see, because Pittsburgh did, they looked gassed early in that game. And now again, they Baltimore's had a couple more days to rest, but it will be interesting to see how they come out of the gate here in this game. And you just can't have a quarterback. I think in two games thrown five picks. 
I mean, that's, that's a, that's a major, that's a major problem and holding on to the ball. You know, I brought it up with not seeing the field very well with Russell Wilson a couple shows ago. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's seeing the field right now. Well, also, and like you said, he is trying to throw the ball. You give him credit, but I think it's time that he kind of tucks the ball and takes off a little bit more and try to get some rushing yards. And you do wonder if he's hundred percent because he hasn't done that as much. And some of the throws that he misses are, just like things where you, you kind of just question it because they're not like big throws. It's more like short throws than anything else. You know, when he actually just has to kind of to flip it over there. So wonder if it's, it's an arm or shoulder or something like that bother, bugging him. And that's why he doesn't want to get more hits on it. Yeah. And we said with him, you know, not trying to poke fun at it or anything, but the guy gets sick a lot. Like we've said it, like he's been out a lot of times with illness and they won't say really what it is or anything. And, you know, they're living, you know, down where I'm at. Some people have talked about like his diet maybe isn't great. And I've heard all kinds of things about it, but I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I agree with you. Maybe it is a, like a arm or a shoulder something situation, but again, like a guy that's been sick multiple times um, already this year. So keep an eye on that too. All right, let's get to the next game here. Got the Atlanta Falcons heading into um, Carolina Falcons five and seven, Carolina five and seven, you know, Carolina is a team that really got off to a great start and it was due to scheduling because a lot of issues here. Let's break this team down. You know, you got McCaffrey hurt again. He's gone. He's out for the year. Then they just fired their offensive coordinator because I guess the coach wants them to run the ball. He wanted to pass the ball. I mean, what a debacle this is that he's getting canned. Hey, Pittsburgh, can you figure this out and just can your offensive coordinator midseason? That would be wonderful. That'd be a great Christmas gift for me. Can Canada, please. But they played already in October. Carolina won 19-13. You know, this, this is a team. I, I just think, again, man, the under 7-0-1 in the, in the series lately. Um, you know, I just, this, to me, this is going to be open to, this is a weird one, 45 and a half. It's down to 41 and a half on scores and odds. What do you think, Jason? Low scoring game, what's your sheet saying? Yeah, no, that's what's even funnier is that I make this like 37. Like, it, this game is real. I have a 20, basically 23-14 um, Carolina, but I don't trust that 23 with Carolina. That offense is like terrible. Um, obviously, it's been a mess both in the coaching room. It's been a mess in the offensive line. They don't have the, their best weapon, McCaffrey. He's been in and out, and he's now permanently out of the lineup. You know, it, it just, he's a receiver group on that team, and it just, they just cannot get them activated uh, because they can't protect the quarterback and they can't run the football. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really tricky how to handicap this game because you look at Atlanta, at times they've looked competent, and at times they've looked awful. <laughs> and uh, going on the road, you know, getting them out of the dome, you're only laying three here, but man, that is, it's a tough three to lay because I do think points will be at a premium. Um, I, I lean under, even though it's headed that way already. Um, I think the tickets are split between the over and under because that's a pretty low number for the NFL 41. Um, and I've been burned by taking these low numbers in the NFL, unlike you. <laughs> but that, that was probably my best play. And this is the under. I don't think the Atlanta offense will get going. Um, Carolina kind of struggles when you can run the football with a little bit of power because they play those um, kind of six-man fronts like you see in college football more often. Um, that won't be the case here. Their, their pass defense is pretty good. It should shut down the Falcons. So I won't lay the points because I don't trust Cam Newton, but I will take the under here. Yeah, you know, Atlanta defense isn't great. 
offense, like you said, sometimes they look okay. I mean, Patterson's the guy that does everything, catches, runs the ball. Pitts has had some okay moments here this year. This is tough. I mean, for sure, what would I do? I would be playing the teaser under. I'm taking it up to 47 and a half and just hoping um, it's a slow game. Team-wise, my advice in a teaser, I would take I'd take the Falcons up to plus nine. I mean, why not? Because I, I, I don't think Carolina is great. And you uh, could, could I see Atlanta winning the game in a really ugly game? Yeah, I could. So why not take and take six more points and take them up to nine points? That's, that's what I would do. I think it's a game. This another really ugly, boring game. I mean, we talked, I talked about it with the saints and jets. I think this game's right there knocking on the door. Yeah. There's like a mix of really bad games and really good matchups. That's probably how it works with the NFL, right? You either have a, a card like last week where it's all blah, or uh, you have, I like this where you have some really good matchups, matchups with some real stinkers that will never make the red zone. I think that's this is one of those games. I, I kind of like teasing Atlanta up nine. I think that's a good value because, yeah, this is going to be 17-13, 19-13, something like that because you can't really see their offense. Um, Atlanta's offense is better, but it's going against a much better unit. And Carolina's offense is just in a mess. And the Atlanta defense, also a mess. It's just yeah, corner TV game, as they say on some shows. So more or less, the theme of that game, I think you just said it about five times, is a mess. <laughs> I love it. it. Is. <laughs> Things are not how they plan to go this year. Not not good. That game could be ugly. Watch it, watch it be like 48 to 45. But, you know, what can you do here? So here's probably, here's probably one of the best games on the board. And living in this area, I know the – you got a lot of Dallas fans in this area and you got some of the football team fans really starting to show that pride right now because the team is playing well. You got the Dallas Cowboys eight and four heading into DC six and six line right now, Dallas minus four and a half over under is 48. You know, Cowboys are five and two last seven in DC. The over has been the play in this series. But man, I said to Jason before we jumped on the, on live here, said, man, that skins team. And I said it Tuesday night, they have an identity now, really playing slow, pounding the ball, making short throws, Heineke's playing smart. That takes a lot of time. Jason, can this get to the over? It can because both teams are really not good in the red zone on defense, surprisingly. So I thought maybe it'd be better stuff from Washington when the stats that way. Um, Teams converted at a high rate on both of these defenses. Um, now the football teams played better defense during this stretch, and they played against good teams too. So it's not, not something that you can point out where they kind of found a soft spot and uh, took advantage of it. Um, they're playing well. They're coming into this game really well. The line move in this game is really what draws my attention because I'm shocked that it's kind of gone, I think, from a point and a half to four and a half during the course of the week. Um, you know, majority of the tickets are on the Cowboys, but it's like three to one money-wise on the Cowboys here. Uh, I know they're getting guys back. Uh, they're probably as healthy as they've been in a while, especially on the defensive side where they're going to have some pass rushers. They're going to be able to play Parsons kind of wherever they want to as opposed to having Parsons play defensive end. That's kind of a wrinkle that will that make them a little trickier. Uh, I do think it's an over just because I think – Washington has enough weapons that they can attack the Cowboys defense. And I think they'll give up some points as well. So I, I, I lean that way. Um, and I kind of lean the Cowboys, unfortunately. I'm not a big Cowboys fan, but 
that just the way that line move is that that's just that's a really stinky line for the football team playing four and a half at home, given the way that these two teams have been playing the last like uh, five or six weeks. I would, you know, I'm going to say maybe why they're playing well is the last couple of weeks I've been jumping on the football team and put them in some plays and I never do. Now, last week I did it. I thought they were going to, I thought that was the game last week that they were going to go out West a little bit and maybe have a little bit too much Vegas fun. I'm just joking with that because they, I don't know, they probably do though, but they played well. I mean, that was a, that was a good win last week to go on the road and to, to beat a Raiders team that really needed that. I'm sorry. I'm taking, I'm going the football team man. give me a teaser. Give me a teaser and take it up to 10 and a half. I'm taking them for sure. Plus 10 and a half. I think this game's going to be tight. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I might actually watch this game a little bit and I usually don't watch much of the football team, but I think I'm going to, I think this is going to be competitive, run the ball, time of possession, a lot of weapons, Dallas, they have Pollard's out there. That's a big loss because we've said all year we got the double combo running backs. Elliot's a little banged up, knee issues, some ankle issues. I need you in fantasy though. Sack it up. Let's go. I need you tomorrow. Get a touchdown or two, please. Um, but I would take a chance again with the football team, and I think this is a big game. They know it's a big game. Playing really well. I'll take the the football team up to ten and a half and play them in a teaser. Well, it's, it's kind of funny, though, because those injuries to the running back might actually help the Cowboys kind of get right and attack this football team in the right spot, which is through the passing game, which is where they're not strong. They don't have any pass rush right now, so they've had to bring pressure to kind of compensate for Sweat being out and Young being out. So um, the weapons outside for Dallas are a factor. If, if the football team can't get any pressure on Dak, they can't get home, um, he can pick them apart because, like I said, they're, they're finally kind of – fully stacked and the offensive line is a little healthier in the spin, but you're right. The running backs aren't there. So they're, they're not going to be as balanced on offense, but this is a 30th DOVOA uh, defense we have in here with Washington. So that's the way to go at them is through the air and uh, Cowboys can definitely do that. All right, let's get to another one PM game, man. This is another to me, just stinker. You got Seattle four and eight and into the Texans. Texans are two and 10 Texans just announced uh, Mills is the new starting quarterback again. And the coach, this is sad. To me, this is sad. When the coach says he gives us the best chance to win. All right. Got it. <laughs> he might. <laughs> oh, he might. I mean, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say, but I'm just saying, Ada, uh, when you're making statements like that, that's a little scary. When is it Dave? Is it, did I, David Mills? Is it, is that his first name? Davis Mills. Davis. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. David Davis. Who cares? I'm like a it. shopping mall. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but this ugly, I mean, this, this was another one out there. Listeners 44 and a half down to 40 and a half. And it opened Seattle six and a half on scores and odds. And now it's up to eight and a half. Oh my goodness. 40 and a half. That is low. What's your sheet say? What do you have this at Jason? I actually have this at 36 and uh but that's you know a lot of those numbers are without russell wilson so that's why it is kind of a little tricky gauge on the points because uh make it basically 24 uh 12 13 um seattle so low scoring game enough to cover the spread but not by a whole lot but at least adding wilson to that offense yeah you know houston on the ground not exactly the best defense um stopping the run 
rush. I think they're 28th in DVOA. So that's, you know, if Seattle can run the football, that makes their whole offense work. And uh, that looks like that could be the case here. Uh, Davis Mills gives me zero confidence. I know he's actually played better than some of the rookies at times. He's had, he had a great game, obviously, against the Patriots that we all recall. Um, and, you know, Texans really shouldn't want this direction anyway. Terod's more of a guy, caretaker. You know, this is not what they want to do. They want to lose these games. They want to get that, those picks up high and get some uh, impact players. Uh, Seattle, you know, I, you know, it's been a really rough season for them, but defensively they're decent against the run. That's what the te- Texans want to attack. I, I just think I can't lay in a half though with Seattle on the road. That just seems insane. So maybe that's the right play then, but it seems like people are doing it, but boy, it seems crazy. But you look at Houston, they're coming off that horrible loss to Indy. They've scored three points against Indy all year. You know, Seattle offensively kind of profiles like Indy where they want to run and run, run. And obviously the Colts have had that success and they play decent against the run, which the Colts do as well. So, oh, it's tricky. I just can't do it. I can't try. Uh, nah, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. Uh, and I lean to the under just because I don't think the Texans are going to do much offensively. Seattle was a game last week that kind of fit my system against San Francisco. And that went crazy. There was a lot of points. I mean, but you had weird plays. You had the fake punt uh, that the guy ran like 75 yards for Seattle and that, you know, I said on the last show, watching Russell with the accuracy, with the finger issue, uh, wasn't good. Um, to me, not seeing the field a little bit better. Played a little bit better on this. I mean, that's low. 40 and a half low. I mean, really? I'm going to play it. I mean, I'm going to – I'm playing all these under uh, 45. I mean, I'm going to tease them up and try it again and see. It's been good to me. I'm going to go back to it. What would I do team-wise here? Even how bad the Texans are, I'm sorry. I'd tease them up. I tease them up and get them double digits at home and see what they can do and see if this young kid uh, plays well at quarterback. You know, the under is six, six and oh, um, last six row games for Seattle. Um, Texans are four and oh, uh, under the last four games. It's been an over in the series. I saw the over has been the play, but both these teams are, you know, like I just said, road games, Seattle, a lot a big team on the under. Um, I, I tease it up. I tease it up and just hopefully it's a really ugly game, but I would text that. I would um, tease up the Texans and, and see what happens with this game. Ugly, just another ugly, like Jason said with the one, it's a mess. This one could be a mess too. Interesting too, for the Seahawks. I just noticed that uh, Jamal Adams out for the year. He's a big part of that defense. They love, they love their box safeties in Seattle with that uh, Pete Carroll defensive scheme. He'll be out for this game. Quadrick Diggs, the other safety, also a pretty good player. Questionable for this game. Um, you see some kind of key, you know, DK Metcalf's going to go fuller dinged up. It's like, you know, it, boy, you can really see the Seahawks sleeping through this. So I think that teased up uh, Texans actually sounds pretty decent now that I hear it. Well, I've been saying it. I really like taking some of these teams at home up. You know, the dog play has been great in the mm-hmm. NFL this year too. Uh, you know, if you can get some of these dogs up some higher points too, it's been good. I do like taking a chance with these home teams, even really bad home teams. Cause I mean, the Texans are bad. And like you said, really, do you want to win? I, I wouldn't want to win, get some draft picks, get a higher spot. I'm to the point with the Steelers. They, they lose one more for sure. I, I won't be, I'll be like, please lose, please I want a better draft pick. I mean, that's just how it is. So, all right, let's get after the next one. Here's a team that, Hey, golf clap, golf clap, way to get your first win, Detroit Lions. And I'll tell you something. If you saw the video of Jared Goff's girlfriend, 
celebrating. She was doing a photo shoot. Let's just say she's not bad looking. Not bad looking, J-Cam. And she had a nice little bikini on and she was celebrating. Jared Goff throwing a touchdown. Jared Goff, good for you. Glad you won, but man, good job off the field too, buddy. Great job with that girlfriend. Good for you. Detroit Lions <laughs> opened over. I'm going to go right to the over under 43 and a half. It's at 42. You got Denver eight and a half opened. Now it's up to 10 and a half. Detroit likes to fight. We have said it on these shows. They are fighting for Dan Campbell. You might think he's a wackadoo. I've said it multiple times, but you can tell the team loves this guy. They're going to keep fighting. Jason, can they cover the 10 and a half? I'm going to actually say no. <laughs> uh, 16 guys on injury report. A lot of key names there, too. Um, and I don't even know if Hawkinson was on there uh, because he's another guy who's basically struggling. Uh, yeah, he's expected to be inactive with doubtful. They're just missing too many people because I lost Williams, who got put on the COVID list. DeAndre Swift is also already out with a shoulder injury. They're gonna, it's going to be Godwin Iguabuque. I remember his uncle Donald very well. Um, it, it go, giving it a go, he's really the only back that they have. Uh, you know, I don't think it's a letdown spot necessarily just because they won last week. I just think that you know Broncos are a solid team and they're catching a really beat up bad team at home. The game the Broncos kind of need. They're still in the mix. Surprisingly, everyone is in the mix in the AFC with the, outside of a handful of teams. Um, so I think this is a game laying the 10 and a half sounds like a lot with the Broncos, but I think this is actually the right spot here. I think Detroit's out of bodies. Unfortunately, you get to that point in the year where they just don't have enough guys to fight and the Lions love to fight. There's no doubt about that. They've been a fun team, probably most entertaining one 10 and one team in the history of the NFL. Uh, their games have been great. And uh, even when they've been bad, they've been good just because of the whole narrative of them getting their first win. But uh, like I said, they're just out of bodies this week. I, I'm going to take the Broncos. I'll lay the 10 and a half here and uh, probably lean to the under because I just don't see the Lions doing much offensively either. I'm going to jump on board with you in a teaser there. Under 42, we said take it up to 48. I think the strongest play is an underplay in this in a teaser. I think, like Jason said, I read it last night. Detroit has a lot of guys out. I mean, just there's a ton. I mean, well, what would I do team wise? I would, I would tease Denver down. I would take Denver. Thank you for a late touchdown last week in my teaser against Kansas City. So thank you, Denver, on that. But I would tease the points up, take the under, get it to 48, and take the under. I think this is a boring game. I think it's, I don't think Detroit will do a lot. Let's just say that. And I don't think Denver is going to put a ton on them. I think it will be, they'll put enough in it. It will be a nice win on that. I think again, 10 and a half might be an okay play too. If you don't like teasers and you like straight plays, I'd probably take Denver in this. Absolutely. You know, I didn't realize it's a flu outbreak too. So there's those guys are on the injury report right now. You don't know who's going to come on or off in the meantime until kickoff. So you could have a really shorthanded Lions team out there. That, that might be just easy money. Don't get Jared Goff sick. We don't need that girlfriend sick. Come on now. I'll tell you what, that video is enough motivation. And if you're a high school athlete, you're over the top, <laughs> you know, play clean sports, that would have got you off the couch and put the controller down and got on the weight bench or at least got you in the backyard <laughs> throwing the footballs, catching the tennis balls as you like to do. Uh, like it, it was enough motivation to remind you, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, there are some. Let's, uh, just say, let's just say she's not bad looking. She's yeah, not bad looking. So good for Jared Goff. These good athletes. Yeah. Good for Jared Goff. That's all I have to say. 
Love Jared Goff now. I'm sure, this she's a great person too. Yeah, probably great person. So great, great <laughs> for her. Good for him. They're living the life because she looks like she's very successful in her um, modeling career. So make that money, everybody. All right, here we go. Let's get off to Jared Goff. Jared, come on the show. We'd love to break it down. Love to break it down. Here we go. Giants, four and eight, heading out west to face the Chargers, seven and five. You know, the Giants team, we've talked about them a lot. This is one of those teams kind of like Detroit we've been talking about. They like to fight. They compete. They just don't know how to win. Um, you know, I just want to look real quick, you know, where's the line change? We, I mean, that's been the motto of the whole entire show. This is another one opened at 46 and a half on scores and odds down to 43 chargers seven and, uh, it was seven and a half minus seven and a half. It's jumped up to minus nine and a half. What do you have here? I, it's really tough because I'm looking at this and I'm seeing that there's somebody on the giants and I'm really just scratching my head because as is a standard protocol each week for us when we go through the Giants injury report all their skill talent listed on there in various states of questionable out and uh limited participation in practice like I don't think they've had a healthy offensive unit like the entire year and now it's even got to the quarterbacks right Daniel Jones still out Mike Glennon's trying to come back from a concussion um he did participate Friday so looks like he'll probably give it a go if he can't go it's Jake from uh from Georgia, Georgia sign this week Literally learning the playbook during the course of the week. I think he took the majority of the snaps when Glennon couldn't go early. Uh, even talked about it. That he compared it to cramming for a test when he never went to class. Uh, so you've got that going against the Chargers. who are going off a nice win um, against Cincy. Now, if you had a healthy Giants team, the Chargers are kind of that team where I would have taken the points here with the Giants. The Giants have kind of been that team this year where for some reason they hang around uh, against good teams, even though you really don't see it in the stats, you really just don't see it anywhere when they play. Like there's nothing dynamic about them or unique. Like they don't have one unit that excels and the other unit kind of stinks. They just kind of are both mediocre. Um, I don't think they have the best coach either. Um, so it's too many points to lay with the Chargers. I, I, they really got some turnover luck against Cincinnati last week. You know, I, I like the Bengals in that spot. And I think I compared it to basically them getting hit with the steel chair coming out of the dressing room uh, in a wrestling match because they never had a chance to get off the mat at all. Uh, with, they got down early and they fought them their way back. But by then, Burrow had been injured and Chargers, you know, they couldn't move the ball anymore. And Chargers moved the ball all day on that Bengals defense. Something in mind for when we handicap that game. Um, can't lay nine and a half. I, I, I would lean to lay the nine and a half. I think this is a good teaser spot to actually tease the Chargers down. Um, and basically also looking the lines at 43, I think for the over under, and I make it to be 46, but that includes uh, a somewhat healthy quarterback for the giants. So that's probably a no play either. Uh, I would think a teaser is actually the best spot here. Uh, included one of the games we've mentioned earlier, tease the chargers down. I just think, you know, they played so well on the road last week. I just came coming home and kind of laying an egg a little bit here against a team that kind of doesn't have enough to really hang with them. Both teams are six and six ATS. Yeah. Chargers are on a 5-1 ATS run against the Giants. Now, Chargers defense, one of the worst or maybe the worst trying to stop the run. I, you know, you talk about quarterback. We've talked about this with the Chargers. They're kind of a now they put some points on last week, but kind of a slower team offensively. We brought mm -hmm. that up many times on this show this year. I like 43. I'm taking up to 49, taking the under. 
that's probably going to be my only play on this, especially if you have from quarterbacking um, for the Giants, a lot of dink and dunks, probably a lot of run trying to run the clock here. I think this is a slower game. I, I agree with Jason. I think if you want to play a team here, you tease the Chargers down. I think that's a, a, a good play uh, for sure. Um, you know, I think that might be a very smart play. You know, I was very passionate in the show with the Tennessee one to get it down. I think that's a really smart play. Looking at the board right now, I think in another teaser, this might be the game here with the Chargers. Get it down and get it down to three and a half. The hook always scares me a little bit, but I think they'll be okay. But I, my, my strongest thought on this is take the 49 in a teaser and take the under. Yeah, it's a good point about the hook that you can actually see with the point spreads where the books are worried about teaser vulnerability. And it's it's good. It's this game. It's the KC uh, Vegas game. That's also at nine and a half. And the game we just mentioned before, the uh, Denver and Detroit were ten and a half. Right. But even when you tease it down, you're back in the numbers that always make you uncomfortable, like three and a half and four and a half. That's always an eye to keep. That's why things skip through ranges. That's why games go from six to nine and a half, right? And that's basically to cover the book because they know this teaser action's out there. These have become really popular. Um, they've amped up the juice on them, but people still love them. Obviously, we're with the teaser king this morning. Um, so that's a good, when you're looking at these lines and you see that weird number, that's a good reason why is because you can expect a huge teaser interest on those games that have those numbers. All right, we got San Francisco, six and six, heading into... A banged up Cincinnati team, seven and five. This this is a tough one. I mean, you got a lot of injuries. You got to you, you know you got key injuries on San Francisco too because if Samuel doesn't play again, he's he's key for that team. Um, you know you got a quarterback Jimmy G that at times can look very good and then other times can make some bad throws like he did last week in Seattle through two key interceptions in that game. Cincinnati, I mean, you got Joe Burrow that's. Again, a finger issue, um, you know, trying to throw the ball. How well is that going to go for them? Uh, Joe Mixon, you're better at the injury report, J-Cam. Joe Mixon a go or is he out? He's a game-time decision at this point. Um, Non-COVID illness, so he's fighting the flu as well. Flu's starting to go through some of these teams. T. Higgins, also a game-time decision. He's been playing really well. Uh, obviously, he's getting less attention now uh, with Chase on the other side. Um, but offensive line too, it looks like those guys are going to go, they get reef back, they get Hopkins back. That was big. That hurt them last week. They really couldn't run the ball early in that game against a really bad, uh, chargers run defense, but you also miss Logan Wilson, who's their best off, uh, linebacker and kind of been the, the kind of the key of their defense and Uze, um, also a corner. He's their best corner. He's questionable too. So really don't know what you're going to get with the Bengals. You, you can have five or six really key guys out Sunday, and that can be a really vulnerable team going against San Francisco. Who's Playing pretty well. And like you said, Debo Samuel's a huge loss because he's been the kind of the whole straw that has stirred that offense uh, since they've kind of gone to him and made him the, the focus of the offense. But they get Fred Warner back who they didn't have last week. That's a big key for the defense. So I like the 49ers here um, laying, getting a point and a half or laying a point and a half on the road. It's a little scary to take a uh, road dog like that or a favorite like that. But uh, I think they're just in a better shape with their injuries. And their position personnel right now. I think the Bengals are just too many key names on that injury list, especially Burrow. You don't know what you're going to get with that hand or if he's even going to go. Um, you saw him really struggling with managing it during the game. Um, I disagree with the announcers during the game. Pinky's not a huge part of throwing a football, but I've also heard this week that there's some sharps that speculate that he actually has a couple of fingers injured on that hand. And that is a key part of throwing football. If you can't grasp it at all, you can't throw the ball downfield. And that's been a huge part of the Bengal offense all year. 
Well, this is one that on this show, the whole entire show, we've talked about where it's opened, the points, and where it's at. And a lot of these this week, it has really dropped. This is one opened at 47. It's up to 48 and a half. Now, since he was a team that was a lot of unders at the beginning, the, the over has hit five out of the last six. But here's the problem here. Like Jason just said, got a lot of game time decisions. Mixon can't go. You know, T. Higgins can't go. Let's say Joe Burrow can go, but is not very effective throwing the ball. Well, they do some quicker throws. It's at 48 and a half. I might take this up six more points. Now, it backfired on me last week with San Francisco because they played Seattle. I said I took the under, and it was a shootout. I'm just saying there's a lot of question marks in this game with offensive players. I might take this up a little bit here. I might take it up and take the under in a teaser. If I was going to take a team, and we'll get to old man in the garage. I have his plays came coming off a really good week last week, and this game is on his card. I kind of like what Jason said. I kind of like San Francisco here to get this right. I just think too many question marks for Cincinnati right now. I do like teams that need a win. This a game. I mean, both these teams need a win. They both lost yeah. last week, but sometimes looking at the home dog in this, you're, you kind of like it, but I kind of lean maybe a straight play with San Francisco, but I'm, I'm going to really think about this under in a teaser. No, it makes complete sense. Uh, yeah, with the Bengals, too, I mean, you saw two completely different games with them between the first half and the second half. And I just don't know if that second half team can come here this week with all those guys dinged up and just out all week. Uh, they're a young team. I think it's a team that needs a full week of prep to be ready for these games. They don't have a bunch of stage veterans that can kind of just turn it on when it's go time. Um, 49ers play well, even though they lost that game against at Seattle. That's a tough place to win, even when the Seahawks are terrible. And they were in it to the very end, obviously. And you mentioned it early in the podcast. Seattle pulled out all the tricks. That was a, uh, we need this game. You have to fake punt. You know, they kind of went for it on fourth down. They never go for it on fourth down. So uh, they pulled out all the stops to barely uh, eat that one out. So and 49ers had a chance to win it at the end. Just couldn't get it uh, home there, uh, fourth and goal. So, yeah, I like the Niners here. I think there's a much better position, too. Even if since he was healthy, I'd be a little concerned about taking him here. All right, big game. This is probably the biggest game here. You got Buffalo Bills, seven and five, coming off a loss at home against New England. Really need this one. They are traveling to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is nine and three. Line right now is minus three and a half. Over under is 53 and a half. You know, this is a team, Buffalo. You got one week, you're in your home stadium. It's like 50 mile per hour winds. You have a team that's running the ball every play on you about. And now you're going to come and you're going to have Tampa throwing the ball. This is a team, Buffalo, man, better get it going here. Seven and five. Now you're playing against a really good team. Tampa's won three in a row. They covered all three of those games. What's your sheet showing, Jason? My sheet has this actually at 27-24 Buffalo. But I will say this. I think if you look, the schedule's not really comparable. Buffalo's schedule's toughened up, but they had a really uh, – they really beat up some teams early that kind of pushed up some of these stats a little bit. Um, they have not played that well early or later, and we've seen that, right? They've had a lot of these games on TV, and they've kind of a lot of head-scratchers of late. Um, yeah, it, it's an interesting spot because, it, you know, the NFL sometimes is about matchups, and, you know, obviously, you know, Steeler fans, we could never match up with the Patriots. They was, whatever they did, we could never figure out. And, you know, they beat us with some teams that 
frankly, were more talented on paper. And um, just because of the scheme advantage here, Buffalo matches up way better with Tampa Bay than they do with uh, New England and Indy, who are teams that can really run it down your throat. Buffalo's defense is not set up that way. You saw it during the game, even with the high winds, 50 mile hour gusts, you know, they're still playing two safeties back. They're basically are playing a, a big nickel the whole game against, you know, a New England team that was had big people out there or just more than happy to get three yards in a cloud of dust or a turf burn, I guess these days. Um, Tampa's a better matchup. It's Tampa's still a little dinged up, but they are healthier than they've been. Um, I'm looking at this. I see, you know, it's, it's two to one tickets for Tampa Bay, but the money is actually leaning toward Buffalo with the three and a half. Um, it's tough to take the bills here though. Uh, just because, but I do think they need this game, but it's hard to go against Brady in this spot. He's kind of owned them for years and, I think they can run the ball enough to kind of keep that Buffalo defense off balance. I actually, the, the unit I don't trust in this game is the Buffalo offense. Uh, I think the Tampa Bay uh, defense will shut them down. So I'm actually going to lay the three and a half here. Um, and yeah, I just think Buffalo just doesn't get right, even though a lot of people think it's a get right spot. I like Buffalo in a teaser here. Get them up to about nine and a half. I think this game is a little bit more competitive. I, I Could I see Tampa covering like I'm winning by, you know, four to six points? Absolutely. I'll feel a lot better with the teaser. So I would take Buffalo. I think it's a must-win game. I think they're starting to feel it a little bit. Um, I think they'll get it right a little bit on this. So I think it's going to be a competitive game. I like Buffalo at a teaser up to nine, nine and a half. All right, let's get into you got the Sunday night game. You got the Chicago Bears, four and eight, heading to Green Bay, nine and three. It opened, I'm looking, Jason, at 12 and a half, and it stayed at 12 and a half right now. And the over-under, it opened at 45, and it's down to 43. So kind of our theme, what we've seen all week. Conditions aren't supposed to be just brutal there. I mean, it's cold. It's Green Bay. It's not going to be great at this time of the year in Green Bay, but it could be a lot. It could be 10 times worse right now in this. You know, the big thing, you got some some issues at uh, quarterback for Chicago. Uh, You know, Dalton's banged up. Fields has been banged up. Green Bay, to me, is just a very complete team here. You got the quarterback. You got the star wide receiver. You know, now Cobb. Cobb was a nice piece there at wide receiver. He's out for some weeks, uh, has an injury. You know, it's a lot, man. Twelve and a half is a lot. I don't care how dominant a team is to maybe the other team. That's a lot of points. Um, 43, so you know I'm taking it up to 49 for sure. My only thoughts on this, Jason, I, man, oh man, could you get the bears up to 18 and a half? Can they cover 18 and a half in a teaser? I didn't cover 18 and a half in a teaser. I would, I would like that. I mean, defense isn't good. That's what, I mean, when you think of the bears, you always think terrible offense and good defense, but defense really just hasn't been healthy and they've lost some guys in the off season this year and they kind of really haven't backfilled them. Um, but 12 and a half is so much for a divisional game. Um, in a rivalry game at that. I mean, obviously it's a little bit of a hammer and nail rivalry because the bears haven't been able to uh, kind of keep up their end of it, but they still play the Packers usually pretty tough when they have guys. Um, they get fields back. I think he's critical. I think they need him for this game just because um, they need to establish a running game, right? They need to get a little extra dimension on offense to kind of give a wrinkle to the Packers uh, who, you know, have been pretty good against the rush. It's better, but they're past defense wait let me get this wrong no sorry their pass defense is much better than their run defense so that's definitely to the bears advantage here they run the ball they ran the ball in the cardinals which i didn't think they were gonna be able to they were actually in that game um you look at the box score 
we probably got we picked the Bears. We probably should have been right on that one because uh, they were, you know, outside of some bad turnovers, they were right there with them. So yeah, I like the twelve and a half here. I think that's too many. I love the eighteen and a half and a teaser, um, just because you said it's just it's a rivalry game. The Bears are going to give everything they have here. This is you know their season. I guess is still technically alive, but I just think they'll get up from the Packers um, and. They'll play. They just don't have enough to do anything, really. I don't see them as a live dog on a money line or anything like that. But I think they can keep it close enough. And if the game gets out of hand, I can't see Green Bay. I can see Green Bay resting, guys. There's certain, you know, Adams was dinged up this week. Cobb's already out. You know, they they want to try to get themselves at least healthier and try to get through this last stretch here because they're actually in pretty good position uh, in the NFC. All right, Monday night. Good game here. You got a Rams team, though, eight and four, kind of struggling a little bit. Um Coming into Arizona, I mean, Arizona, you talk about a team that I just won't take. I always go against them in teasers, and, I mean, it just slaps me in the face every week. And, you know, you got to look in the mirror sometimes and say, hey, dude, smarten up a little bit. Maybe this is the week I will finally get smart on Arizona. Arizona, 10-2 and two at home, line open at minus 2.5. It is still at 2.5. Over under 51 at open, it is at 51.5. What do you have here, Jason? Big game. It is a big game. Uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals. I, I'm, I'm with you. I've gone against them way too many times this year. And I think we've all waited for Cliff Kingsbury to kind of, you know, work his magic in a, in a negative way and kind of the team to fall off in the second half of the year. And you're not seeing that. Like, that was a pretty tough game to, to go into Chicago last week. Um, you brought back uh, Murray off injury. You didn't expect a great effort out of him. It's always a little rust when you come off the IR for a couple of weeks. Hopkins, the same way. And, uh, you know, they forced some turnovers, they got a big lead, and they kind of just sat on it and uh, even covered. So I, they're just a good football team. You look at all the metrics, there's nothing really wrong with this team at all. In fact, they're surprisingly good. If you pointed to anything, is that they don't run the football really well, but they still try to run the football. Um, they're not all pass, even though they've kind of been that in the past. I think this is an easy win for them, um, easier than you would think. I, I, I think the Rams are a little bit of fraud. I think we talked about it last week on the show that – I liked them against the Jags. I was going to fade them this week. Well, I will be a man of my word. I will take the two and a half, later two and a half with the Cardinals uh, on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been saying this. I think the Robert Woods injury was key. I just think the guy that Robert Woods is a stud. And I've said I wasn't high on the OBJ signing. I'm just not sold on him. Cooper Cup again keeps doing his thing, please, because I got you in multiple leagues. Uh, and fantasy, you know, Stafford just has not played well. And we've heard for weeks now, maybe some injuries dealing with him. And I think it's, it's hurting that team, man, this is tough because, you know, I like teasers and when I do teasers, I look and go, could the Rams win? Yeah. The Rams could win. They could, they could win this game. I mean, I don't think it's like crazy that they when they, they, you know, oh my goodness, you wake up the next day and you didn't watch and oh, the Rams won that game. Okay, I could see that. So why not take them up to eight and a half? Maybe I will. I don't know yet. This Monday night, I have some time to think about it. But man, like I just said, I'm, I'm against Arizona all the time. And like you said, when are they going to finally maybe lay an egg? They haven't. I thought that was a good performance. You know, like you said, to go into Chicago, I said last week, Murray could be a little rusty you know, played okay. I mean, they, they got a good team. James Connor's been a great pickup by them. Um, you know, they got some good wide receivers. Defense has been good. It's a tough team. I would, man, teaser wise, I personally like the Rams up to eight and a half just because what I just said. Now, 
I don't know what I'll do here because again, Monday night, if I wake up and I finally go, man, you're a big dummy. And I've been staring in the mirror and saying, maybe I'll take Arizona. So just wait until I put it on Twitter in this. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. It's a good Monday night game. Should be competitive. Rams really need it. That's my last comment on that. This is, this is a push your chips in if you're going to win the division for the Rams, right? Because you're two games back. And this would put them three games back with what a three to play. So that's 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 ball game for them, right? It's it's only a wild card. They're gonna be probably headed on the road somewhere um out of their friendly confines there of SoFi, where they definitely play better at home than they do on the road. Um yeah, no, this this is a big game for them, but they just really haven't shown against good teams either. Um, you know, the Cardinals went in there before, and I think we were all on the Rams and thought that that would be the game they would kind of flex the muscles, and the Cardinals just killed them. Um so that's got to be a little fresh in their mind. So I can understand if people would favor the Rams because of that, right? A little revenge game. I, I don't know how much of a factor that is, but it might also just be a bad matchup. It might, we, the Cardinals just might have a, a really good uh, way to attack them. Uh, they have the mobile quarterback so they can get away from the pass rush. They're all back now. All the weapons are there. So you know, we really haven't seen that. They've kind of really fought through a lot of games and won some really like, you know, games where people like they're the team where everyone kind of jumps on them and takes the other team and the point spreads go crazy. And then the Cardinals just come through and just kill everybody. Like they have killed closing line value this year in the NFL. Uh-huh. And probably hurt a lot of people's wallets that way. Yeah. I, I just, it's hard to back hip Cliff Kingsbury, but this is a good football team. When you look at it, like all the numbers are there and they just keep winning. And now they've got guys back that they didn't have. So they should technically get better. So yeah, it's kind of weird to think of the Cardinals as like a Super Bowl caliber team, but they really are. So I told you I was going to hold off old man in the garage, old man in the garage. Good week last week, two and one, two and one. He um, liked the football team to go out to Vegas and get a, a win. And they did. He loved new England Monday night winner there. The only game he, he took. And I was, you know, I told him was the Denver, the Denver one. He just had a gut feeling. He went with Denver and that's fine. And that was, you know, they had their chances in that game at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really did. So two and one coming off the two and one week. What does old man in the garage have this week? It's going right back with the football team. He thinks the football team is going to beat Dallas and he's going the opposite of myself and Jason here. He likes the Cincinnati Bengals at home to beat San Francisco. So old man in the garage coming off a two and one week again. If you love money line dogs, he had a great year last year, started a little slow this year, but has been coming on he likes the football team and he likes the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. I think the Bengals were in a different spot uh, with the injuries that they would be a really, really attractive home dog. I mean, you'd see a lot of people on them, especially getting points at home just because I've been played earlier in a year. Like I said, I think they're going in the wrong direction, but I can totally understand why old man's going in that direction. All right, fans. That is week 14. Getting weird deep card. in the year. Weird card there. A lot of like the theme again, I always like there's a theme of the week. The theme is opening line over under starting at one place and really dropping fast. Hopefully we gave you great information. Hopefully we can get you some winners. I know I will be firing picks tomorrow for sure. I know J cam will, uh, the other two boys are out doing their thing today. So we took, we, uh, held down the Ford here. I know they'll be firing out some plays, but again, hit us up, man. We love the conversation. If you agree with something, let us know. Um, I, you know, it was great last week. Somebody wrote and asked about the over under with Minnesota and Detroit. I love the interaction. It was great. 
Um, you know, we had some conversations about the Pittsburgh Steelers and Mike Tomlin with uh, a friend of the show, and that was entertaining and we enjoyed it. So, man, if you have a question, hit us up. If you have, you just don't like some of our comments, hit us up. We love the interaction. Uh, all respect. That's what it is. We're trying to, we're working harder so you don't have to. We're trying to get you as many winners as we possibly can. JCAM, any final thoughts on week 14 or just anything in general? Week 14 this is going to be moving week. This is where we're going to see this kind of playoff picture settle out a little bit. You've got some head to head matchups that are really going to move people from left and right on the in the hunt to in the playoffs kind of picture. And uh, I'm not getting my line for Army Navy yet. I'm waiting for that 34 so I can go over. I can't get there. I'm seeing it. It's, it's, it's stuck at 35. I don't know if I can pull the trigger at 35. Big game. And if you have not, we had Pete Methurst, uh, voice of Navy football on with us Tuesday night. That show is out. Check it out. Uh, broke down Cincinnati in the final four. He broke down what it means to be able to be part of this Army Navy series and being able to call the game, which I thought it was a fantastic answer. And he's just an overall fantastic guy to have on the show. We're going to have to bring him on many more times on the show. Uh, we got, we got a good one coming, you know, we never want to give out anybody cause you know, things can change, but we have a, a good basketball person coming on. I'm very excited to have the chance to talk to him Tuesday night. Our next show will be Tuesday night. We will probably get it out Wednesday morning, but we have a college basketball guy coming on with us. Um, hopefully fingers crossed, nothing changes. And we can break down some college hoops because we're diving into that. I give out plays every night, three and two and one last night. I'm going to fire big car today, some big matchups. So can't wait to keep giving you winners in college basketball. But that's, yeah. all, that's all I have, J-Cam. It's time. It's time to transition to college basketball. I got the spreadsheets fired up. I'll be firing off picks too. And uh, we're, we're, a, we're a man for all seasons here. We, we bet everything and this will not stop. So yeah, no, that's all I have too. I got to dive in and get some more college basketball winners for these people. All right. I love it. My plays are coming here in a little bit. So, well, I already did my line. If Q is here, like he would say, bang your bookie. Until next time, enjoy your day. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.